Welcome to First Reading, the Old Testament Lectionary Podcast. I'm Rachel Wren. And I'm Tim McNich. This week, Rachel's bringing us preaching insights in a very strange, jumpy stretch of text. Not jumping in and of itself, but just jumbled, one might say. That We're looking at 1 Kings 8, maybe verse 1, verse 6, verses 10 and 11, verses 22 to 30, and 41 to 43. Okay, yeah. so it is kind of all over the place, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm curious to see what you do with all this, Rach. So uh, let's have it. What you got? Okay. Okay. So so since this text is kind of jumbled in and of itself, I want to do something kind of jumbled today as well. All right. Okay. So I'm going to do this episode backwards. Uh-huh. And I'm going to suggest to you preachers a sermon idea before we even get into the text itself. <laughs> okay. You're, you're getting a little crazy here. I know, I know. It's kind of out of character for this text, but it's not out of character for me to do something weird. So just go with <laughs> no me kidding. for a minute. So I want to suggest, dear preachers, that you take this opportunity to do a kind of dialogue sermon. Hmm. A, a, a dialogue sermon where you could like type up, type up a script or a general outline, and you invite someone else to read the part of the second character. The whole sermon's kind of done as a bit of a play. And I know... Uh, I'm losing currently a significant portion of our listeners who would not find this type of preaching life-giving, but hang with me, friends. Even if you don't want to do a dialogue sermon, the concept itself has preaching insights. So just roll with it for a minute. All right. All right. I'll, I'll stick with you here, Rachel, okay. and, and I'll, I'll be sort of your dialogue partner here. All hey, right. Perfect. Well played. Okay. So as my dialogue partner here, Tim, you're a smart guy. What's the first and most obvious problem with the whole idea? Um, well, I mean, first of all, I read the story and there's no dialogue in it. Ah, okay. So you are very astute, my friend. Very insightful indeed. This week's pericope records not a dialogue, but a monologue. A prayer, in fact, from the lips of King Solomon as he dedicates his temple to Adonai. And it is a long prayer. <laughs> okay. There, there is a reason that the Revised Common Lectionary had to cut and paste. And I actually don't begrudge them one bit here. Surprising. I know. <laughs> but King Solomon is channeling here his inner retired pastor preaching at an anniversary celebration. And he just goes on and on <laughs> and on. And, and friends, I know and love many a retired pastor, but you know it's true. And even sometimes for not retired pastors as well. Exactly. We know our own and our own know us, right? <laughs> right. So, but just because I don't really blame the RCL for their chop job on this text doesn't mean it's perfect. Because part of the problem is this isn't actually a monologue. It really is a dialogue. As I said, it's a, it's a prayer. It's a dialogue between King Solomon and God. Uh, you're getting all theological now. Uh, well, hold with me, though. All right. Because all right. let's do the theology first, then we'll jump to the textual. So sometimes in the Christian church, we don't talk about prayer as a dialogue. Uh, well, and I know in some Christian circles, like the one you grew up in, I think, prayer mm -hmm. was as much about listening to God's answer as it was just telling God things, right? Yeah, yeah. And we were taught that and practiced it. Yeah, exactly. In my part of the world, however, we never talked about listening to God as a part of prayer, at least not in a way that stuck in my brain. But God does respond to prayer. At least that's what we believe. And if we go far enough in this text, God actually does respond to Solomon's <laughs> prayer. It's just in the next chapter, in chapter okay. 9. So 
You'll remember, if you've just read it, that Solomon begins this prayer with a praise to God and then outlines the ways that God has kept faith with the covenant with the ancestors and with the promises made to David. Important distinction there, God doesn't actually cut a covenant with David. He makes promises to him. So they're two very important but distinct things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then Solomon continues talking about how God promised to be faithful as long as the people are faithful. And finally, in our pericope, Solomon asks for God to be always faithful to these promises. And then in 1 Kings 9, God talks back. So, <laughs> so Tim, will you read those just a few verses at a time and basically let me interrupt you as you go? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Here. Um, uh, first one's uh, 1 Kings 9, 3. So the Lord shows up to Solomon and says, I've heard your prayer and your plea, which you made before me. I have consecrated this house that you've built and put my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. Okay, pause right there. Mm -hmm. So first of all, delightful little detail. Solomon spends a very lengthy chapter describing and detailing all the ways that he is consecrating this temple. And what's the first thing that God shows up and does? He <laughs> says, I, I hereby consecrate, yeah, the temple. Yeah, consecrate yeah. this temple. So, so when we pray, and this is actually the first preaching angle I might suggest, when we pray, we sometimes put ourselves in the place where God is supposed to be. And, and listening can help us hear when God would like to take that place back, <laughs> which is most often, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's always been a little um, pet peeve of mine when I'm, mm. when I'm with people praying and they're just taking everything for themselves, not giving God anything to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that could be a fun part of a dialogue sermon of, of you're starting to preach and God interrupting you and saying, hey, hey, I'd, I'd like to throw something in here. All right. And I'm warm. I'm warming up to the idea. Okay. 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 So it could be kind of fun. All right. Let's see if we can get you on board fully, though. Keep, keep going with the reading. <laughs> All right. Picking up in verse four. As for you, if you will walk before me as David, your father, walked with integrity of heart and uprightness, doing according to all that I've commanded you and keeping my statutes and my ordinances, then I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever, as I promised your father David, saying, There shall not fail you a successor on the throne of Israel. If you turn aside from following me, you or your children, <clears throat> and do not keep my commandments and my statutes that I've set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut Israel off from the land that I've given them. And the house that I've consecrated for my name, I will cast out of my sight. And Israel will become a proverb and a taunt among all peoples. The word of the Lord. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I know there's several issues here that would be hard to go into in an eight to 15 minute sermon, but just stay with the concept for a minute. In our church service, this one that you're going to be reading for this date, we've left out God's response out of the text for this Sunday. And I'm just wondering, in what other ways do we like talking about God, but we don't really want God to talk back? You know, in what ways do I say certain things about God, but there are others that other people say that I'd really like to shove to the background or to put on a shelf or to just sweep under the rug? There's there's something that can feel kind of dangerous about letting God speak too much because darn it, if we do that, God might put us in a really <laughs> uncomfortable position. But I do think there's some deep integrity here. 
And a really powerful sermon could be asking folks to think of when we allow God to speak and when we cut the moment off before we even give God the chance. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. You you you're drawing your preaching angle out of the way that the RCL has chopped up the text. <laughs> I totally am. I totally am. <laughs> but it works. It works because there's an important lesson uh, about prayer here. Well, it just feeds off of the text that you were talking about last time about a listening heart. You talked about it in terms of leadership and of ethical judgments, and here it's almost in terms of ethical faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. If we could cultivate listening prayer in churches, through good sermons, maybe even dialogue sermons, <laughs> then that would be awesome. So um, before we before we close out for the week here, um, tell me just a little bit more, because I'm, I'm not so familiar with the format that you're talking about here. Given everything that we've said, how do you envision sort of a, a, a dialogue format in a sermon? Who, mm-hmm. who like what, what would the parts be and what would they do? Yeah. I mean, I think you could, you could sort of play with it. You could have fun with it. I think the two most obvious parts would be, you know, a King Solomon and a God or a a preacher and a God. And if you didn't want to do a full dialogue sermon, you could just almost use it as an intro where you started your sermon and the character of God keeps interrupting you and saying, Hey, I want you to say this. And you're like, could you, could you just hold on a second? God, I've got something prepared that I need to say here that I think gets the point across really well. And God keeps interrupting you. And And then from that, you don't have to continue with that through the whole sermon, but you could use that as a way to open up this point in the text. Because even if it's an insight drawn from the RCL, I still wonder what Solomon's response was when he hears God saying, thank you, Solomon, I shall now consecrate this temple. And Mm -hmm. as I do that, I shall remind you that you need to stay faithful to me. We don't hear. It just, it just, the story just ends after God's response. And then it's, at the end of 20 years, during which Solomon constructed the two buildings, these things happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, there's there's a bit of a theatrical edge to this sure. uh, preaching suggestion. <laughs> and, you know, you'll have to sort of weigh that out according to your own personality and gifts Absolutely. and all of that. If I were going to take this up, you, you know what I'd probably do is I would take on the role of a preacher because I feel most comfortable in that role in church. <laughs> <laughs> but then I might I might work this out ahead of time with my sort of co-conspirator and have them just be in the congregation. Oh, and, sure. And they just pop up and start saying things. <laughs> and it <laughs> might take a couple of minutes before everybody catches on that this was actually pre-planned. I think that would be fun. It'd be great, especially if they were in the very back and, and it just kind of started out with like, Puh. Yeah. Sure. You know, just so like these little awkward <laughs> interjections that you sort of pause at and and then the character stands up and is embodying God instead mm-hmm. of just this rowdy yeah. parishioner in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Well, this this does sound kind of fun. I might I might tuck this away as an idea for something for something to use. And all of yeah. you out there, you know, this this seems like the the right text to try something like this. So mm-hmm. um you know, go as far as your creativity will take you with it. But most importantly, learn to have dialogue with God. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Rachel, for uh, giving us a creative way into this um, long monologic (laughs) passage. My pleasure. All right. I can safely say this is not one of my favorite texts in the Bible. But it's 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 one of the key turning points in the whole yeah, in the whole former prophets. So yeah. it's an important one. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, we'll we'll leave it there for now. Thank you, Rachel, for your work on this, and thank you all for listening. 
While we're giving out thanks here, why don't we say thanks to Trinity Lutheran Seminary at Capital University for the grant that they've given us to help us do what we're doing here. And um, find us on our website, firstreadingpodcast.com, or on the Facebook, where we have our episodes as well. Until next time, I'm Tim McNinch. And I'm Rachel Wren. Happy listening. <laughs>